Thank you, Tom, for your moving reflections. Thank you. Tom won the sermon I donated for the first parish auction this year. So he had the right to choose the subject for this sermon. So he wanted a sermon on forgiveness and preferably preached before June. So the only day that I had was Mother's Day. So after a brief discussion, we agreed that Mother's Day and forgiveness made a perfect match. And so here are my reflections prepared with so much love and gratitude for my own mother who is dead and for all the mothers in the world. By the way, in these reflections, mother refer refers to any natural mother or any other female who is perceived to be a mother by any child, adopted mothers, grandmothers, aunts, big sisters, anybody that raised a child. I even feel that fathers who are the, fa the de facto mothers in a home should be included and celebrated on Mother's Day. We all came to this world through our mothers and because the wondrous and intimate symbiosis of mother and child, there is a great danger of idealizing each other and expecting perfection for the from the relationship. These expectations are heightened by societies such as ours, where the word mother conjures visions of perfect and selfish love, devotion, nurturing, caring, sacrifice, heroism, and total acceptance. No doubt, these praises apply to some very exceptional mothers. However, the majority of us struggle at one point or another with difficult relationships with our mothers. I know this very well from my relationship with mine. I was her only child and therefore the receptor of all her love and all her care. She gave me the best education possible at the expense of enormous sacrifices. Like so many children that are the hope of their mothers, I felt responsible to become what she dreamed to be and could not be. As parents of her generation, she wanted me to obey her without delay. That was something very important, obedience. And to motivate me, she would say one of her mantras, obediencia pronta, obediencia ciega, mijita. Meaning, prompt obedience, blind obedience. Prompt obedience, I could understand, but blind obedience? A body Unitarian Universalist that I was, I could never accept blind obedience, no way. My mother used to get angry with me when I questioned that part of her mantra, the blindness. Another thing that bothered me about my mother and that I resented for a long time was her total detachment from material goods. Material possessions mean nothing to her. She was always helping the poorest of the poor, always serving somebody, and no time for luxuries or material things. But me wanted to be like other girls that would give material things to their mothers for Mother's Day, or for Christmas, or for birthdays. I would ask my mother, Mommy, what do you want for your birthday this time? Invariably, she would reply, Give me the best grades in school, or pray for me. 
or give, me, or give alms to the poor. Well, this frustrated and infuriated me because I wanted to be generous. I wanted to be like anybody else that could buy something as a token of love. So I could tell my friends, see, I bought my mother this or that. I felt very deprived and empty-handed, but my mother could never understand that. To this day, I don't like my middle name, Ines. Do you know that I have a middle name? <laughs> Confession. <laughs> because when my mother was angry with me, she would yell, Lilia Ines, uh, Lilita, Li Lilia Ines, ven aquí. Meaning, Lilia Ines, come here. But when we were at peace, she would call me in a sweet voice, that voice that I knew and I grow to love so much. She would say, Lilita, ven aquí. Lilita, come. A period of stress in our relationship happened when my mother converted to Seventh-day Adventist just when I was becoming, guess what, a Unitarian <laughs> Universalist. So we went like this. I knew she converted because people in the congregation she attended were exceptionally caring and hospitable and made her feel very important as one of the elders of the church. Still, I felt angry with her and with her new religion for turning her, such a courageous and independent woman, into a fearful person. She would ask me with tears in her eyes, and I am not lying, tears in her eyes, would it be true, my love, that I will go to heaven with other Seventh-day Adventists, and you, my beloved daughter, will go to hell with your Unitarian Universalist? <laughs> I even was angry with the Unitarian Universalist ministers because by pure bad luck, every time, that were very few times, I brought my mother to see if she could understand that it was a beautiful religion, that I was not going to hell, in those few occasions that she tried to please me and to try this religion, well, guess, no name of God or nothing spiritual. It was just, and she said, see, I told you, you are atheist, you are going to hell. After a fight with my mother, I was angry, then guilty, um, then scared thinking, what would happen if she dies while we are fighting? I will never forgive myself for life. So then, of course, we will make up, we will love again, we will just sweet, sweet pair. And again, the cycle will come. She will say something, you know, like obediencia pronta, obediencia ciega, or something, and I will get angry, and the cycle will again. And I suffer for years thinking, what would happen if she dies when I am angry at her? So, now listening to the news, I used to think often, if I feel resentful with my mother for really not big hurts or offenses, how can children grow and recover from a childhood made miserable by her mothers, the very beings that are supposed to love and protect them unconditionally? As a minister, I had witnessed the difficulty people have recovering from their mother's verbal or physical abuse, from their abandonment due to drug and alcohol abuse, from their leading them at the care of others while they go in pursuit of unhealthy choices, from their extreme discipline, sometimes including beatings or sometimes death, for having looked the other way when somebody abused them. As a minister, I have also witnessed the power of community to help us heal from the worst wounds. The hymn, What Wondrous Love, 
we, which we just sang, is a moving testament of gratitude to those who, when our souls are sinking down with pain, gather around and hold us. If we are able to love ourselves enough, to have compassion enough with our suffering uh, selves to reach out, we will find plenty of hands and souls in this beloved community ready to hold us and to nurture us. Cultivating empathy and compassion is a great spiritual way to attain peace of mind and to open the heart to the possibility of forgiveness of even the most hurtful things done to us. Last week at the district meeting of ministers, a young couple brought their first baby. The young mother minister was telling us how a friend of hers who knew that she was adopted asked her if now that she was a mother, she hated her natural mother for having given her up. On the contrary, she told us she had replied to her friend. Now I have great compassion for her, for her imagining the pain she must have suffered, giving me up and never being able to hug me or to see me growing and becoming the kind of woman I am today. Whether our mothers are dead or alive, near or far geographically and or spiritually and mentally, we can gain peace and rekindle love by giving our mothers their true dimension as human beings, just as that minister did with her mother. For how can we truly and freely love or be grateful or caring to our mothers when our minds and hearts are harboring resentment or anger for the actions that might have hurt us? How to avoid being distant? How can we connect heart to heart with our mother when we are feeling guilty for resenting her? One of the most valuable gifts my mother gave me was her example of compassion and forgiveness. She would not keep grudges or felt so hurt that she could not forgive me or anybody for that matter. She used to say to me, my beautiful daughter, please forgive so-and-so. You want your heart to be free of, to love and appreciate life, and keeping anger and resentment won't help you. Besides, all of us at one point or another made mistakes. One of the benefits of forgiving is the peace and freedom that it brings to us. We need to remember that forgiving is not for the benefit of the offender, although he, she could benefit indirectly, and that is good. But forgiving is to clean our souls and minds and to give us freedom to enjoy life. There is another aspect of forgiveness that may be an incentive for some of you here. If you like power and admire those who can decide the fate of others, forgiveness is for you. Do you remember how in Roman times the emperors had the supreme power to once a year save the life of a treacherous Criminal? In the United States, the president and the governors had similar power and privilege of pardoning those on death row. So do you want to be and feel really powerful? Easy. Just forgive someone you have sentenced to be in the prison of your hate and anger. Today, Mother's Day, 
Why not use your imperial power to forgive your mother? And how about extending a bland pardon to everybody that at one point or another offended you? That is powerful, don't you think? Right. Most importantly, I challenge you and challenge myself to forgive ourselves for our trespasses against ourselves. That probably is the most difficult part for me. I love the following admonition found in the Bhagavad Gita, the sacred Hindu poem. If you want to see the brave, look at those who can forgive. If you want to see the heroic, look at those who can love in return for hatred. Besides forgiveness, I learned from my mother to trust unconditionally in the protection and love of the spirit of life. She would comfort me repeating the words of Micah. He will never abandon, not forsake you. Now, from time to time, in memorial, humans had created in their minds the image of a universal, all-powerful, and nurturing mother, just like, Tom, just like Tom was saying. A cosmic mother, a mother that embodies the feminine aspect of the divine and in whom we can confide our sorrows, our sadness, and our weaknesses. One image of such a caring mother is Kuan Yin, the most revered and loved among the Bodhisattvas in China. This is one of her descriptions. In the lands of the universe, there is no place where she does not manifest herself. Compassion, wondrous as a great cloud, pouring spiritual rain like nectar, quenching the flames of distress. I had for the universal mother the same trust I had for the spirit of life. I believe that it, if that helps, we can confide in that mother because she won't fail us. She will come to our aid every time we invoke her assistant. Let us all have the humility to recognize our flawed human side and the need we all have at one moment or another for assistance from our fellow humans and from the forces that animate the universe. Let us, with courage and compassion, reach out with our forgiving hearts to those who had wronged us knowingly or unknowingly, willingly or unwillingly. Today, let us honor our mothers with love and gratitude and keep them in our hearts. Thanks to them, we have the privilege of journeying in this life of many perils and of unspeakable beauty. Amen. And blessed be.